to another pandemisode of Music Raygun. I'm Paul Champanelli. I am Kirk Pinchon. How you doing, Kirk? I'm doing fine on the surface of the sun. How are you? Yeah, we're in L.A. and it's going to be um, over 100 degrees this Labor Day weekend. So Hooray. Yeah, I'm hiding in my apartment with the air conditioner on. Oh, I mean, that's uh, 100%. I'm doing nothing else but. Let's get into it, man. You know, I don't talk about this a lot, but I listen. To, I like to listen to classical radio in the mornings while ah, I work. Nice. And this funny thing happened where I was listening. I don't like that they play a lot of movie soundtracks. Like, they'll go, like, Mozart, and then Bach, and then I'll hear something. I'm like, what's this bombastic mess? And then Alan Chapman will be like, that was music from the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. And I'll be like, why? Why? Don't, don't give me that. <laughs> no, thank you. But, but, yeah, but so... Uh, one day recently, uh, they were playing this piece and I was like, oh, this sounds kind of familiar. And I'm listening to it. I'm going, oh, this reminds me of the Dances with Wolves soundtrack. Because (laughs) my, when I was a kid, my mom really loved that movie and loved the soundtrack and would play the soundtrack CD. Oh, okay. My brother and I were taking piano lessons. I seem to remember my older brother having to learn a, a, a piece of music from that soundtrack for like our annual recital so like it oh was boy. it was in the air so mm-hmm. i have it in me to like recognize that um and then when the piece was over alan chapman said that was john barry with an original piece titled this and i'm like i think john barry is the name of the composer of the dances with wolf soundtrack so i looked it up and indeed he was ah and i was like well that means at least one of two things either i have a pretty good ear or john barry really repeats himself <laughs> <laughs> let's go with the first thing uh, yeah, it could be both it could be both yeah um but i thought that was sort of i was like proud of myself but also i'm like i don't know if that's if that says something good or not for john barry that i was able to be like this sounds like the only other thing he ever did that i know you should be a hundred percent uh, proud of yourself and when we get back to normal times if you have classical music on and is playing you can immediately go yeah that's john barry <laughs> yeah yeah there are certain there are certain film and tv composers who have a signature style where like i'll be watching a movie i'm like oh i guess thomas newman did the soundtrack for this because <laughs> that's that's definitely his thing that's that is pretty impressive it's also just funny that the dances with wolves soundtrack is so big in your in your bones I mean, I think it was, I don't know. Yes, it is definitely in my bones. I feel like maybe it was nominated for an Oscar and was like an acclaimed score. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the movie one. I don't know if that's a good question. I don't know if the the soundtrack one, but yeah. I mean, it was a big movie. Just I never, I can't even think of what the music sounds like. Right now, yeah. I can't, it's not even in my head. That's so funny. So, uh, so what's going on with you this uh, this week? Here's what I want to bring up for those of you. I've been watching some music documentaries, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. and on uh, Amazon Prime, there is a great documentary about the 808 drum machine, just called 808. Yeah, is that new? I think it's maybe just a couple years old. Yeah, um, I vaguely remember that. It's a great documentary. As of course, Quest loves in it. <laughs> sure, because yeah. he has to be. Yeah, but Professor it just talks Quest. about the beginnings of 808 and how it kind of got. How it was really just this thing. It wasn't meant to be a, a drum machine for hip hop and R&B and pop music. It was this thing to help pianists play live 
so they could have a drum machine and not oh. worry about rhythm. They're just like, yeah, you know how like, like on keyboards in this, yeah, like in the seventies, uh, keyboards and organs had a little drum kind of function where you could like press two yeah. different so- types of like rhythms for a drum and then the keyboard could just play it. That's what the 808 was. It was huh. just this thing for keyboardists to accompany keyboardists. And then, of course, innovation. Someone went, no shit, we can make some beats off of this. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, it's crazy. And the best part is uh, they interview Phil Collins. Oh, sure. Yeah. And and he's like, like, the 808's amazing. He's like, it's great. I used it for one more night and uh, another day in paradise. And it's amazing. And it's just so funny to see Phil Collins going, yeah, the 808. It's awesome. Yeah. Love it. I mean, Prince loved the 808 too, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. But this was this doc was made after he had already died. Yeah, yeah. So, so it really didn't focus on him. Yeah. Then again, the I can't part, imagine even if he had been alive, Prince is, doesn't seem like the type to interview for doc documentaries. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But I guess there's a, a, defun- a function on the 808 where it's called decay. So you can turn it all mm-hmm. the way to decay, and that's how you got like apparently. That's how some of like the crunk sound came out, like yeah. that real distorted drum. That's just because the 808, you could fuck with it and make it sound just all disturbed and distorted. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, older than a 40 year old piece of technology, but people still use it. It's, yeah. It's a key tool in pop music. Exactly. Hey, technology, no one's using a VHS, still using the 808. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know. Some things move on and some things are just classic. Exactly. But 808 on Amazon, I highly recommend. And it's just called the 808? Yeah, it's called 808. That's it. Yeah. Yep. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's great. I mean, if look, I'll, like I've said before, I'll watch any music documentary even about a band I hate. Like I'll, <laughs> I watched the four-hour Eagles documentary. I was just that. about to ask, did you watch the Eagles? I'll especially watch any music doc just as long as Questlove is going to be there to, oh, to talk about yeah. whatever the thing is. Yeah, yeah, and you just nod your head going, yeah, that's right, Professor Love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, let's talk about our friend Eileen. We've mentioned her a couple times before. Yes. Oh, Eileen. Hey, girl. Our uh, uh, When Kirk and I, for new listeners, we met because we worked in the same place. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eileen was also a former co-worker's, co-worker of yes. ours. Who we've mentioned once or twice just because she's a funny and delightful person. Hysterical. Eileen O'Connell. Yep. And she had a week this week where a tweet of hers went viral. Like, not just like, oh, it did well. It like literally in the definitive term went viral. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's pushing half a million likes at this point. Yeah. And she tweeted it on Monday. So that's pretty good. That's. Um, but it does tie into music because of yes. what she said in the tweet and then what happened after it went viral. So I'll yes. I'll say the tweet. Because uh, she's, I mean, she's a comedy writer and she's very funny on Twitter. She's, yeah. of all the people I know, she's one of the best on Twitter. She's always been funny. So her tweet that went viral says, Thinking about the time that I said that I was distantly related to Mary Curie and a guy explained, it's pronounced Mariah Carey. <laughs> so that's, that's funny. a very funny tweet. That's yeah. a very funny tweet about men and mansplaining and yes. being condescending. Like I just did explaining the tweet. Uh, but then after it went viral, like I was, I, I was, I, I saw her tweet and I saw it get retweeted a lot and I was like, oh, good for her. But then I got very excited, uh, a day or two later when it went viral enough that Mariah Carey retweeted it. 
Yeah. Crazy. So Mariah Carey saw the tweet, retweeted it, and quote tweeted it. So Mariah Carey responded, she has two Nobel Prizes. I have two Diamond Albums. We're practically the same person. Which is, that's fucking great. Yeah. She tagged Eileen's joke. Mariah Carey tagged Eileen's joke. Wonderfully. I mean, it makes me love Mariah Carey even more. That's great. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I mean, look, I am a social media manager for a living. Uh, I suspect that Mariah Carey has a social team, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's still quite an achievement. Yeah. Still. Now, I didn't know if you were going to bring this up. I saw this last night. Um, The tweet... Uh, got picked up by BBC News. Yeah, I saw it on a couple. Yeah, I didn't see it on BBC, but but what did it say on BBC? It was just a, um, uh, Eileen posted it on Instagram that um, uh, her that the fact that her tweet got picked up by Mariah Carey. Yeah, it was on BBC. It was on a BBC News quick segment. Oh, I didn't see that. I saw that um, Marie Claire magazine's website posted a little article about it, but their headline was like, Mariah Carey breaks the internet with her hilarious tweet. Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, she, okay, but yeah, look, you're not gonna give a little bit more credit to the yeah. original tweet that she was responding to. I mean, Come they on, didn't click. ignore Eileen, but. Yeah, but clickbait. Yeah. But I mean, click you know title. how I feel about, about Mariah Carey. Of all the pop divas, Mariah Carey is my favorite because I'm yeah. a 90s kid through and through, so. I, I look. I want nothing more to, as far as Twitter achievements go, and I've been on Twitter for like eleven <laughs> years. Nothing could make me happier than for Mariah Carey to see one of my tweets and retweet. Oh, yeah! I mean, that's you the just best like, thing that could happen on Twitter. <laughs> you could just be like, okay, I'm just going to disconnect from Twitter and uh, cancel my account because I I won. Yeah, that's winning Twitter. That's that is hundred percent. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, but good on Eileen. Yes, uh, but now it's time for don't at me. Don't at me. Don't at me. Okay, don't at me is of course the part of the show when Kirk and I each say a hot take or an unpopular opinion about something in music, but we don't care about anyone else's opinion. So please do not at us. Do not. Uh, I'll go first this time. Sure. Um, in terms of Weezer, I think that, in fact, people got Pinkerton right the first time. Don't at me. Please elaborate. <laughs> okay, I'll elaborate on that for you, Kurt. <laughs> Thank you. Because I got excited because you know you got me into a yeah. certain amount of Weezer, and I'm kind of proud of that. Weezer, Weezer means a lot to me. Yeah, I, I listened to their first album in junior high on a constant loop, and that that album, the Blue album, is still like my musical comfort food. Mm-hmm. I'll play it and just it's it's macaroni and cheese. It's just great. Um, and then their second album, Pinkerton, came out in 1996, and it had like the first single was like kind of a radio hit but it sort of was ignored like the mm-hmm. album sort of came and went and people sort of just shrugged at it and it was like oh, i guess Weezer's going to be a one album wonder mm-hmm. but then pinkerton sort of developed this cult following and got this second life as like an underground hit 
and over the years sort of became celebrated as Weezer's like masterpiece. And now Weezer mm-hmm. fans like Pinkerton is the pinnacle of the band's achievement. And and it was so underrated when it came out and the critics got it wrong and it should have been a bigger hit. And I think Pinkerton is good. It's fine. <laughs> but I don't know that it really deserved. Like, I think it went from it was underrated. It should have yeah. been. There are some hits on that album, but the it's not. I I, I still go to the first album. Okay, it's still that, it's still far totally away from the first album. Yeah, compared to the first album, Pinkerton is still a disappointment to me. <laughs> I like Pinkerton. I like it a lot. I think it's their second best album, but um, it got a little like the pendulum swung a little too far in the other direction, in my opinion. I would love to know if any Weezer fans are listening or if you had this conversation with someone who deemed themselves a Weezer fan, would they be like, fuck off, Paul? Well, how yeah, dare some you? Would. Some would. Okay. But the other thing with Weezer is they are just, they're awful now. They're just the worst now. <laughs> but oh, they like still, their new they, stuff? They gain, yeah, yeah. Oh, they haven't. They've just gotten worse over 25 years. Wow. But they still, like, they just get more cynically poppy and, um, I don't know. I don't need to go into a whole spiel about Weezer. But they still have big fans and, like, young kids still sort of rediscover their new stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I'm just an old man saying that. <laughs> I like the early stuff better. It's the oldest music snob argument in the world. Yeah. That's my don't at me. Take a band and I like their early stuff better. I'm just doing that old classic, but with Weezer. <laughs> That's a, it's, a, it's a chestnut for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you explained it to me because now I get it. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. I support you, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. All right, my don't at me. The sax solo in Baker Street is the least interesting part of the song and in many ways actually <laughs> does it a disservice. Don't at me. Yeah. Well, okay, okay. I just happened yeah, I mean, to uh, hear it like two weeks ago, and I'm like really into that, like the all the mellow kind of. Mm-hmm. It's it's very like ethereal and it's kind of sad, and then all of a sudden the blast of sax, and it was one of the first times I was like, I don't, I don't need the saxophone, I don't need it, you don't need it, yeah, unnecessary. I kind of agree with you. That I mean, that's a real hot take for you to say. Yeah. Sax, I mean. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we, I mean, I'm pretty sure we included Baker Street in our classic saxophone I think episode. we did. I think we did. I agree with you, not because I think the saxophone solo fails on its own merits, mm-hmm. but it just feels out of place with the rest of the song. Like it's, it's, it seems you. like someone imported it from another song. Yeah, it feels a little like bit it like... it comes in and you're... Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. But then the the tone of the song changes so much. You're like, oh, that was sort of a fake out. Like, I thought I was getting a different <laughs> song. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And sometimes, maybe because of how we're living these days, I'm like, I just want to live in that first part. I just want to live in that mellow, yeah. ethereal, kind of rainy down part. And you, you're hitting me with a saxophone... Kind of because it's the era of you have to have a saxophone. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it do- It doesn't do – like Careless Whisper has a great 
classic sax riff. But the rest of the song delivers on the promise of the sax. Yes, exactly. It's leading to that saxophone right. and giving the if, uh, the focus. Whereas this one, they're just it feels like it, like you said, it's like they chopped it up from a different song, and they're like, oh, we'll just throw it in, and that, and then that's cool. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with you, and that's—I oh. mean—that's a hot take. But if anyone fights you about it, I'll—I've got back your me back. up. Nice. Yeah, I appreciate I that. Argue with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. All right. But now it's time for the main segment of our pandemisodes, while we are socially distanced and can't do our normal video watching format, and that is top fives, which is when Kirk and I uh, come up with a topic for a list, and then we each independently. Uh, list our top five items for that list and uh, for this for this episode for the first time in our top five segment we're not going to be talking about any songs because the topic is top five band names yes a lot of fun on this one when you yeah. when you brought this up way way fun to do this kind of doesn't actually have to do with music because what's very eligible here is a band you hate whose name you love, which is yes. possible. None of mine yeah. are that. I like um, them all. Yeah, I thought I was – I had a few backups uh, for bands that I hate yeah. uh, whose name I love. I'm going to give one of them an honorable mention because I think it's a great bad name for a rock band and maybe mm-hmm. one of my most loathed bands. Okay. Kiss. <laughs> That's Kiss. That is a great band name. Yeah. Wasted on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A great band name for any band, really. It fits yeah. any band. And the logo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that logo. Yeah. Great band name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I completely didn't think about that. Yeah. See, now I don't mind Kiss and I would have maybe had I thought more, I would have been like, "Okay, I I would maybe put them in." That's that's strong. That's yeah. strong. Yeah. It would be yeah. in my top ten. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a lot because we we know how much you hate the Kiss. Yeah, but they have a great name. Great name. Did you have any other it's, honorable mentions? Simple. Uh, no, no. That was the one that I thought of early on and came pretty close to being on on my list. Oh, oh, you were considering? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have two honorable mentions. One I put in because you mentioned them. In the last episode, and it hit me again, like, "Ooh, yeah, I like that." Stereo Lab, Ste- yeah, yes, great name, great name, great. fits the band. It tells you, it tells you a little bit of a story of what you're going to hear before yes. you even hear it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I'd forgotten, I kind of had forgotten about them, and then you brought them up in the last episode, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, they're good and a good name." And yeah. the other honorable mention, I had brought them up. Early, early days of uh, Ray Gun. I think it was one of the first or second uh, grab bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rick James produced Process and the Do Rags. Oh my God! Yes, yeah. I had never heard of them when you brought them to the show, and yeah. I was so delighted by yeah. that name. But they're not really they're they they're not really part of my world, so I sort of forgot about that. That might have been on my yeah. list, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're barely a part of my world because I mean, I forget yeah. about them because they did not do they made no noise, like none. <laughs> right, right. But process in the do rags again. The you kind of know what you're gonna get. Yeah, it's funny without being like over the top goofy. Yep. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, that's great. They're not going to be playing folk music. Right, right. Yeah. That's a great one. But that, was my, that was my honorable. Yeah. Uh, do you want to kick off your list? Yeah, I'll kick off. What's your number five? My number five was the first one I came up with. And I'm going to guess you hate them. <laughs> I should hate them. Yeah. But they have one song. And the only, the only song of theirs that I know I love it's Velvet Revolver. Okay. That super group with, uh, yeah. uh, what was it, Guns N' Roses and the dude from Stone, Stone Temple, Temple Pilots. Pilots. Scott Weiland. Yeah. Yes, Scott Weiland, yeah. And wasn't there, they a, had, wasn't like Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine in there or something too? I think he was or something. Like it yeah, was a they're, definitive they're super group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew you did. Yeah. They had that one single, which I'm completely blanking on now. Uh, but it rocks. Oh, what is it called? I don't remember the name. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I don't want to remember. They had a, they had two singles. One was a shitty ballad. Mm-hmm. One was a rocker. And I remember liking the rocker a lot. And, uh, regardless of the music, I'm like, Oh, Velvet Revolver. Yeah. That's a cool name. I like it. You like, it's going to be a rock and roll band. Yeah. It makes sense. Cause well, that follows a, like sort of a format in band names that I think always works, which is the soft then hard. Like yes. Iron Butterfly, yes. Led Zeppelin, yep. Velvet Revolver. It's like you know, yep. uh, uh, it's 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 like an easy trope, but it works. It's tried for and rock true. and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real tried and true thing. Tried and true. I yeah, always that- sort of bumped up against the fact that they used Velvet, where I'm like, the word Velvet, like one rock band owns that word. Yeah, like, you they don't already get to use it. They already did it. Yeah. They did it better than you, so don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Velvet Underground, I considered for my list because Velvet Underground is a great. Yeah. So, I mean, the word velvet is yeah. just, a, it's just a great word. Yeah. Like, and just put it, it with everything. The way it sounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that's not a bad choice. Velvet Revolver. Yeah. Good. They, Terrible they hit the top five. <laughs> Terrible band. <laughs> One good song. Cool name. Cool name. Yeah, cool name. Uh, all right. My number five is a band whose music I I don't even know if I ever heard, but I remember them being a big deal for a minute in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And on, on like, I should hate this name because it's kind of pretentious, but I just like it. And it is, and you will know us by the trail of dead. Yes. I only know them by name. Yes. And that, that band name starts with an ellipsis. It's not a complete sentence, but it starts with an ellipsis. Oh, so shit. Does it dot, really? Dot, dot, and you will know us by the trail of dead. That's really good. That's badass is what That's it is. That's baller. That's it's, really ballsy. Yeah. It sounds like they're like going to be a death metal band or something, and they're not. What are um, they? I mean, they're not, they're not soft rock. They're like alternative, um, oh. sort of post rock, you know. Um, but I never got into them. I just love that name. And there are other, there are other bands with similarly sort of pretentious sentency names whose names I hate. Like uh, around the same time, there was Godspeed, you Black Emperor. <laughs> okay, that's that's dumb. And Godspeed has an exclamation point after it. Godspeed exclamation point, you Black Emperor. <laughs> and then the yes. uh, the the worst. Which I mean, it's 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 just on the other side of the coin from "And You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead," but I hate it as much as I love "And You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead," which is, mm-hmm. I love you, but I've chosen darkness. I think you've told me about them, yeah, because that sounds familiar too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but that that's one, I don't know. Idea. That one strikes me as so corny and cheesy and lame. But and you will know us by the trail of dead is completely badass to me. It's completely badass, and yeah. the fact that I just learned that there's ellipses before it, I mm-hmm. go, oh, "That's so smart." Yeah, so Lower, smart. Lowercase a on the end. I love you know the proper punctuation and everything, oh. and it just yeah. Well done, well done a, for a band I will never listen to. Yeah, I've never even gotten into their music at all. Maybe I heard it incidentally, but I don't even really know what their deal is. Just love the band <laughs> name. Just love the band name. Great name. Yeah. Oh, that's really good, Paul. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. My number four. I know you don't know because they're essentially a pretty obscure uh, hip hop group from the late 80s mm-hmm. um i'm going to send you the song because you might like the song but i know you're going to like their name their name is three times dope <laughs> i've never heard of them yeah immediately yeah. i love it i love yeah. it three times three dope. in the band three it's like dallas all two rappers one dj uh-huh. yeah um they had a splash in 88 no 89 89 and their big song which i will send you is funky dividends <laughs> funky dividends by funky dividends by three times though yeah. great great song never heard from them again um yeah. but uh yeah again like you see yeah three times so three guys all three are dope perfect i mean if you told me there was a ra- a, a hip hop group called three times dope and it, and you told me to guess when they were active i would probably say <laughs> late 80s yeah exactly That's like a la- and <clears throat> it's one of those things you hear it and it's you almost can't believe you know like when they came up with it they probably were surprised no one had already used it like it's just so perfectly evocative <laughs> of exactly. from that time yep three times yep. dope three times dope. and if i had said hey can you guess their one song and you went i don't know like Funky dividends. I'd be like, yeah, that's right. You nailed it. You've nailed the late eighties. It also sort of brings to mind. I don't know if you ever watched Mr. Show, the sketch comedy mm-hmm. show with David sure. Cross and Bob Odenkirk from the nineties, yep. but they had a couple of characters that were like, um, a send up of nineties R and B duos, like boys or, or not just duos, but just nineties R and B in general. Mm-hmm. And the name of that fictional duo was three times one minus one. <laughs> Three times one <laughs> minus one. Because it's two. It's two. <laughs> so three times dope also kind of reminds me of that. which is good. That's genius. Oh, we're going to remember that forever. Three times one minus one with their big hit, Ooh Girl, Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to go look that up. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's great. That's <laughs> All right, my number four, mm. uh, going in the opposite direction. Real simple name, and it could have multiple meanings. Totally cool, totally rock and roll, and I think fits into that category of when they thought of it, they probably couldn't believe no one had used it before. Mm-hmm. The Strokes. Oh, yeah. See, simple, perfect. I mean, it could mean something sexual. It could mean something musical. It could mean like the medical, you know, like emergency. Like yeah. stroke is a word that has a lot of meanings. And any of them could work for a rock band. Yes. And it's just simple, to the point, cool. And I can't believe 
in the in the year 2000 there hadn't been a rock band called the strokes yet that they yeah had like that a, no one had thought of it yeah i you pick the best one from that era too, because there were a lot of groups like that, if I'm remembering correctly. That had, like the Vines and yeah, a couple the, other that the were white similar stripes to that. and the Hives. Yeah. The yeah. Hives, yeah. They the were strokes the are way I like the Hives. I like the Hives. I was super into the Strokes and that whole like garage revival. I still love that stuff. Was that uh, uh, last the song last night? Or is that am I saying yeah. that right? Whoa, whoa. Okay, yeah, yeah that's a good night, song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I still love that. I mean, like Weezer, I sort of dropped off after the first album, but I was obsessed with the first album, and I still will listen to it this, to this day, and, and it's just comforting to me. Yeah. But, um, just to, I mean, like, I kind of didn't put Kiss on the list because I love it for a lot of the same reasons, but I think The Strokes is better. I think The Strokes is better. Yeah. Yeah. I would sign off on that. Yeah. Yeah. Kiss probably had the better logo and all that, but the the stroke sounds better. Yeah. Great rock band name. Yeah. Great rock band name. Absolutely. My number three, I mentioned it uh, last episode in passing, and I'm going to bring it up again. Scritty (laughs) Politti. It's one of my favorite band names. It just fits the 80s. It's good as a joke. Yeah. Their their one hit wonder, The Perfect Way, is actually a great song. Mm-hmm. And um even the album, they had that one they had their one album that was big. It was called uh I think it's called Cupid and Psyche 85. <laughs> <laughs> so just all that together, Scritty Politti, Cupid and Psyche 85. <laughs> it's very 80s. Very 80s. Look, Miles um, Davis signed off on them. So Miles gonna, Davis liked them, so they got to be good. Yeah. And uh, it rhymes, so I like it. And it means nothing. I don't even understand it. It doesn't matter. I love it. It's fun to say, the alliteration. <sighs> and the, it's, yeah. yeah. Do you, yeah. I, I don't know anything about their name. Do you know wh- where it comes from or what it means or any anything behind it? I did, and then I forgot, forgot. and then I forgot <laughs> to look it up again. Yeah. <laughs> but I did back in – I remember learning why they were called that. There is a reason, and I just yeah. cannot recall Okay. Yeah, uh, I'll, dig, I'll dig and look at it, it for the, up, next uh, the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I'm curious, but it does yeah. work even if it's just it's it, even if it was just meaningless nonsense. It's just onomatopoetically, it's just cool. It's fun yeah, to say. yeah. It sounds it sounds great, and it's it's a it's wonderful sounding. Yeah. So you, it makes you dig in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's my number three. My number three is sort of an obscure band who had like a minor hit on alternative radio in the 90s, a song I actually really like called Camel Walk. I don't know if that rings a bell for you. Ooh, vaguely. Um, They're sort of this like kind of all rockabilly. I don't know how to describe their sound other than that. Um, And I only know the one song, but the band name has always stuck with me. And it is Southern Culture on the Skids. Ooh, you remember that? I don't know that name at all, but that sounds good. Southern yeah. culture on the skids. Yeah, I just I like the story that that tells. Yeah, uh, I I like the slang like of on the skids. Yeah, it there's a little bit of mystery. Like I don't quite you know you don't what about Southern culture on the skids, yeah. but it also does kind of clue you into what they sound like because they've got this sort of like twangy alt rockabilly like rockabilly throwback sounds 
mm-hmm. almost like the cramps, but without the spookery. <laughs> you know? I know exactly what you meant from that yeah, sentence. Yeah. And then the song Camel Walk was kind of a hit, and it was on the soundtrack to the movie Flirting with Disaster. Starring oh, ben the, Stiller. the Ben Stiller and uh, Tia Leone. Yeah, I think it was a David O. Russell movie, wasn't it? It was. It was early yeah, David yeah. O. Russell. Um, oh. So if you if you go on YouTube and watch the video, it's one of those deals where they like intercut scenes mm-hmm. from this this comedy movie with the video. I'm uh, curious because yeah. uh, for the title "Southern Culture on the Skids," mm-hmm. if if someone was like, "What are you trying to say with that?" and they're just like, "We just we just like the we just like the name." Well, they're you know, f- they're from this. It would seem like it's mocking the sound commentary from the south yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and i don't quite know what they're trying to say about southern culture with it but i just think the name's really evocative and cool a great i was just about to say it is very evocative and it it flows really well yeah and it's not it's creative like where did they come up with that name it's but but it works yeah i mean that's the thing like you can name your band anything yeah and it doesn't mean it's going to be good or bad, but it, to name it something like that, you're like, you put a lot of thought into that. It's unique. It's definitely yeah. a unique kind of a name. It, it doesn't it really is. formats or tropes. And it's no, it not at all. Cool. I hear it and it, yeah, lights up my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my number two, mm-hmm. I don't think will light up your brain, but uh, I love it just because of the story of it. Uh, soft rock legends Pablo Cruz <laughs> yeah I, I, it took us doing our podcast for me to learn that Pablo Cruz is a, is a band and not a person not a person I, no I, one in the band is named Pablo Cruz mm-hmm. uh, and the, the funniest I was like this is very 70s soft rock humor yeah. to me apparently they would go someone would interview them and go so which one of you who's, who's Pablo Cruz yeah. and one of them would go the middle one the mi- so every answer to who's Pablo Cruz they'd be like oh it's the middle one yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, that's good on you, 70s cocaine soft, uh, yeah. soft rock. They're truly the Jethro Tull of soft rock. <gasps> I can't believe you just said that off the dome. That is so true. Well, they always had the same deal. Jethro Tull. Yeah. People, people's, I mean, I a lot of people still to this day probably think Jethro Tull is a guy. I totally forgot about that until yeah. you just said that. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is right. I think there's they one are. or two other bands like that where the name of the band is a person's first and last name, right? Yes, Pablo I think Cruz, so too. Tull. I'm sure there's uh, one or two. Other I'm sure there's other, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think Pablo Cruz. They just put two names together. I don't think they're referencing. If I'm remembering, they're not referencing a person who they knew or anything. I think yeah. they just put it together. But Jethro Tull isn't as good. Because it doesn't tell you as much about the band. Like Pablo Cruz, you know what you're going to get. It's accurate. Yes. yes. <laughs> like also, Pablo Cruz me- sounds like something you would say if you like, if you saw a guy on the street who looks like he listens to the type of music that Pablo Cruz is, you would like point him out to your buddy and go, check out this Pablo Cruz. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a real Pablo Cruz over here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Also, Pablo Cruz's music is better than Jethro Tull's, so there's that. I mean, it's comparing apples and oranges. It's comparing wonderfulness to crap. (laughs) I'm fine with both. I'm fine with both. (laughs) I mean, I grew up with Jethro Tull. Both my parents are big Tull fans. I didn't grow up listening to any Pablo Cruz, but I'm fine with Pablo Cruz. 
Can you name another Jethro Tull song besides Aqualung? Yeah, Locomotive Breath. Same album, which oh. is on Aqualung. Thick as a Brick. Uh, uh, Bungle in the Jungle. I'm it's like, no Love Will Find a Way by Pablo Cruz. When I was in high school, I owned Jethro Tull CDs. I listened to Jethro Tull. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, Thick oh as a Brick. I, Thick as a Brick is the one where, uh, you know, there was an edited version of the song that was a radio hit. But technically, the whole album is one song. It's an album length song. That's like one long epic poem. That's like uh. that's like a a suite, you know, uh. with with <laughs> sections <laughs> and movements. And <laughs> uh. Pablo Cruz would never do that. Thick as a brick was cool because you know it was the seventies, so they were trying to do stuff with packaging. So the album actually like unfolded into a newspaper. Huh. So it unfolded and then it had like several pages and it would have, you know, it had like phony articles about things and, and that's uh, cool. It was, it was very, one of the, one of the coolest album packages ever. And when you get it as a CD, you know, they have that in the booklet, but it's not the yep. same. The actual like LP huh. unfolds into like a full size like newspaper. It's very cool. That's actually, I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. That, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Not to take attention away from Pablo Cruz. I don't know what any of their albums look like. Uh, I think it's very close to Orleans where it's like guys on the cover and they're, <laughs> yeah. not that they're naked, but there's there's some loose shirts happening. Some hairy chests and a lot of pastel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, my number two band would probably be on a lot of lists of best rock band names. And for that reason, I almost didn't include it, include it, but I couldn't not. Mm-hmm. Dead Kennedys. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Again, it's like alliterative. It's fun to say. The K sound is nice. It yep. tells you what you're going to get. You're going to get a band that is irreverent, to put it mildly. You're <laughs> yes. going to get a band that's political. Like, you mm-hmm. know it's a punk band when you hear the name. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and that sort of that sort of uh, political incorrectness, but a political bent to the music is all in the name. Yes. And it's still, they- it's still shocking. Like... You know, I've thought about the Dead Kennedys and said their name so many times that I'm desensitized to it. But when I stop to think about it, I'm like, yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Kennedy, you're like, well, yeah. Well, well, hey. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did they do Holiday in Cambodia? Is that their? Yeah. Yep. Holiday in Cambodia. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. That's the only song I California know. California Uber Alice. You don't know that one? Oh, wait. I know that because you've mentioned it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Great. Uh, Dead, Dead Kennedys. Kennedys. That's a good one. That is really that's a that's a classic. It tells you what you need to know. Like if you're offended by the name, just don't skip this band. Like, yeah, they're letting don't you even know. worry about it. The name yeah. is a warning label. <laughs> well know? said. Yeah, which We're is ironic for... because Jello Biafra was involved in those. Um... Those here at the PMRC. Oh wait, I don't know if no, I might be mixing up the PMRC with the uh, with the lawsuit against them for one of their. For their album art. Maybe he wasn't involved uh, in the PMRC. No, I think the PMRC was... Uh, Frank Zappa and... Frank Zappa, Dee Snyder, and John Denver. Right, right. Of all people. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's, yeah, that's like classic. That's yeah. I, I see where you are. You're like, should I put it on? And then you're like, nah, I, I, I got to put it on. Yeah. 
I that, wish I, I wish I'd been in the room when it occurred to whoever thought of it and they pitched it to the rest of the band and they're like, we gotta, <laughs> gotta name the band that. Yeah. It's perfect. Like, Done. It's perfect. Done. We're doing yeah. that. It's exactly who and what they are. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that transitions wonderfully into my number one because it's very similar of like, should I put it on? And then you're like, well, I'm not going to ignore it. So I'm just going to put it on. And it's cool in the gang. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just, th- there you go. There's a guy yeah. named Cool. He's the bassist. Mm-hmm. He's got a gang of great funk musicians. Mm-hmm. We're Cool in the Gang. You know they're going to play funk music with a name like Cool in the Gang. Cool with a K. Uh, cool with a K. Yeah. And an ampersand, not a, not the word and. And uh, right. you know cause just from the vibe for a gang that it's going to be loose and cool and funky. Yeah. And it it was used in Pulp Fiction. As, yeah. as something to say to something. Oh, so yeah. it's cool in the gang. Like yeah. instead of just saying something's cool, it's cool in the gang. That, that's cool in the gang. It's man. not just all that. It's all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still say that. No one ever actually said that. Only people on TV said that. <laughs> yeah, movies. exactly. Uh, but yeah, a band that I love with just like, oh, that's a good like. Hell yeah. Like I love Earth, Wind and Fire more mm-hmm. as music, but I'm like, cool in the gang's a better name. Yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire is a great name, but yeah, if I had to pick, Cool in the Gang. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I like it. I like I like it better than the name the Commodores. Uh, all but Cool in yeah. the Gang. It's just it's just a vibe. Yeah, that's my number it. one. That's my number one. Best band name of all time, Cool in the Gang. Yeah, Cool in the Gang. It follows the uh, the same format that my number one follows, ah. which is uh, Blank and the Blanks. Oh, which is always good. Yeah. But my number one is my number one, not because of how cool it is or even how good it is, but because of how funny I think it is. I picked a funny one for my number one because I still remember I was uh, in college working at my on-campus job and my boss in this job, this guy named Dave Bowerly, like had the sort of. I mean, he was my boss. You weren't my boss when we worked together, but he we had the same relationship where we both figured out really quickly that we were music nerds and we just mm-hmm. talk about music all the time at work. And I remember him saying the name of this band. And like people say, like, I laughed for five minutes. They didn't really laugh for five minutes. It's usually hyperbole. I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> for several minutes. And it still makes me giggle when I hear it. it here it is. Me first and the gimme gimme's. <laughs> me first and the me gimme gimme and the gimme gimme's. I'm mad that I don't have a band and that I could name it that. <laughs> that I mean, the name just tickles me. Uh, I cr- like it. Just took me by surprise when I when he he didn't say it like, "Hey, here's a funny band." He was just talking about yeah. bands. And he was like, "Yeah," and he casually just said something about me first and the gimme gimme's, <laughs> and I just like. Bust out laughing, and every time I think about like what are my favorite band names, I always come back to me first and the Gimme Gimmies. That's genius. I'm curious to know. I would love to know if it was like we were originally going to be the Gimme Gimmies, and then someone said, "What about me first and the Gimme Gimmies?" And they're like, "Oh shit, yeah, yes." <laughs> I don't know what is. I don't what know. is their I, music? I think they do like punk covers of things. They're sort of a novelty band. Okay. Like you would think. But like, and you will know us by the trailer that never actually went out and tried to listen to their music. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard a Me First in the Gimme Gimme song. I just like that name. 
I almost think you shouldn't look out for their music. Because you yeah, might be disappointed. I mean, I could only be disappointed. Be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, even if it's like pretty good, you're like, oh, yeah, something. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But you're like, doesn't live up to the name. Yeah. You need to live in that darkness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I don't think they're like a comedy band or a novelty act, but they do kind of like not as much as like Dread Zeppelin, but they do do like covers. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. And I, and, and I also believe they're uh, like a punk super group. Like I think one of the guys from no FX is in the band and, and it's a bunch of guys from like pop punk bands. And I don't okay. really like pop punk. Yeah. Like I'm not a no FX fan. So I don't think it's, it would be my kind of music from the little I know about them. Okay. Just so like, it's best to live in the, the, the ignorance of not knowing. Yes. I just, I purely love the name without, any influence by the band's music itself on my love of it. Yeah. It's, it's great on many levels because it's irreverent and the, the two parts fit so well together and it flows and it's sad. It's fun to say. I'm, it's so good on so many levels. Yeah. Yeah. That's my wow. number one. It was always going to be my number one. That was always going to be, I'm, I'm not going to go look out for the music because I don't want to be disappointed, but that's a, that's a killer name. Yeah. It's funny. It's wow. a goof. I like a goof. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. We all need a goof nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And and the me first and the gimme gives give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was good. That was really good. Closer. Yeah. Yeah. But that was my number one. So that's the uh, the end of the list and the end of the episode. Bye. We did it. Bye. We did it. Bye-bye. <laughs>